Welcome to episode seven of the Youth Ministry Podcast for Volunteers. If you're a volunteer who works with teenagers and you especially love pointing them to Jesus, this podcast is for you. You've landed in the right place. Hey, I'm Chris Trent, and I work with the Next Gen Ministry for the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. I've worked with teenagers for over 30 years now, and I love pointing them to Jesus. But I especially love the volunteers who work with them. You guys are awesome. You gals are awesome. Thank you for doing what you do. Hey, today I have with me our South Georgia rep, Tim Kilgore. What's up, Tim Kilgore? How you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. How are you today, Chris? Doing good, man. Doing good. So uh, tell everybody, just to remind us, you've only been on one episode. This is your second episode. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, give, a, give us a quick introduction. Well, uh, my name is Tim Kilgore. I have been in student ministry for about uh, 20 plus years and been in Waycross, Georgia at Central Baptist Church for 18 years. So loving life down Ooh. here in South Georgia, right above the swamp. Uh, it's good stuff, man. Loving students down here. Love our volunteers. They're awesome. So. Yeah, man. Things going well with your youth ministry, man. What's kind of the current thing happening? What do y'all got going? Yeah, I think it, it really is. I think we're starting to see folks finally kind of come back and, and get more into yeah. a normal. So it's been exciting seeing some families connecting again uh, down here in Waycross. That's good, man. That's good. I love Waycross. Some good eating down there. Beautiful. Matter of fact, wasn't it last time we ate at that uh, that Mexican restaurant? That's oh, yeah. A trailer. Yes, the, the Mexican awesome. trailer. Yeah, Beautiful, it's legit Mexican, and it's called the Mexican trailer. Yes. Okay, that's all we're here for. We're here because we have a great topic today. Tell everybody what the topic is. Well, today we're talking about how to prepare well to teach a Bible study. So this is it. so good. It's so important because, I mean, that's the lifeblood of our ministry is teaching the word of God to students and having God put that word in the hearts of our students. So, man, this is going to be a great, great topic. Yeah, what's crucial about this, Tim, is, is, is you and I both know the importance of this. Like, it, it's great. We love getting the opportunity to stand in front of students and teach God's word. But what we know is that some of the most powerful moments, though, are when our volunteers get to teach those Bible study lessons. Uh, and often, honestly, they're probably, we don't like to hear this as youth pastors, but honestly, they're probably more impactful because they're in a smaller group setting. So that's what we just want to talk about. Well, then, if that's true, and a lot of us that are listening, you probably are thinking along these lines, like I, I do prepare Bible study lessons. Well, we just want to talk about some some quick ways to do that, uh, to, to, to prepare well, if you will. Well, when I started thinking about this topic, Tim, I immediately reached out to you. I said, Tim, we have to get Andy Blanks on this episode. <laughs> exactly. So sure enough, we have with us today, my friend, Andy Blanks. Andy, how are you doing, man? It's good to have you on the, on the podcast. What's up? Gentlemen, I am doing fantastic, and I'm super excited to be here. And uh, love you guys and what y'all do. And 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 so, uh, you know, yeah, to be able to talk to volunteers about prepping Bible study lessons that that's that's where it's at. Yeah, man. So, quick introduction, man. Uh, just kind of give us a feel. Some folks that are listening probably know who you are. They've met you along the way, um, but uh, just kind of tell everybody where you're coming from on this stuff. Yeah, um, kind of like Tim. I'm. I think I'm in year 21 ish or so of of doing student uh, student ministry and a variety of different formats. Um, volunteered. Uh, we've been at the same church for 17 years, and so we volunteer there. But been with a few different uh, parachurch youth organizations and. Um, get to write and speak and preach. And a lot of that I get to do with Georgia Baptist. So that's fun. So yeah, yeah it's good to be with you guys. And a big part of YM360. Yes. Which is <laughs> Ministry 360, which is a great resource. And a lot of Excellent. us listening to that use that, you know, and so, uh, so yeah. you helped start that as a matter of fact. So love we, we use that material in our student ministry right now. Love it. Uh, we appreciate ah, it. I love it. 
Yeah, we got a great team of folks at YM360 and um, uh, lot, lots of good stuff going on. So, so yeah. Yep. But we're here in Birmingham, been in Birmingham for, gosh, 20-something years, four kids. Um, our oldest one is just back from her first semester at college, back for fall break. So that's fun. Awesome, man. Good times. Good times. Well, let's jump into this thing. We want to honor our listeners' time here. Appreciate y'all listening today, wherever wherever you're listening from. Thank you for hearing this. And uh, that said, uh, Andy, I think if I'm right, you've got like three ideas that would help us to prepare well uh, for, for teaching a Bible study lesson, plus two extra kind of next level kind of ideas yeah. as well. Yeah. As I think the three of us were talking, I mean, we, we could do a half day seminar on, on, uh, on preparing. And so to boil it down into the basics, let's just make sure we're doing sort of the foundational things right. Um, and yeah, there's three of those sort of basics. And the first one is simply, um, as we think about preparing Bible study lessons, to teach the teenagers, it's it's super important that we know the passage inside and out. That may seem like, okay, yeah, sure, I get it, Andy. That's not revolutionary, right? You're not, you're not changing hearts and minds there. Here's the deal. Most of us as volunteers, not all of us, but most of us as volunteers, we're not developing a Bible study lesson from scratch. Most of us are getting handed um, a passage or a curriculum or a lesson plan. And if we're not careful... What happens is we spend our time knowing that lesson plan inside and out. We become experts on that that leader's guide. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's important to know, you know, the curriculum and where you want to go with it. But but if we're not experts on that passage, then then we're really doing our students a disservice and ourselves a disservice, honestly. Yeah, we were talking before, and you know, one of the things that that came to my mind when I, when I read that is. This idea, that, and I've recommended this to my volunteers for years, uh, is that once you teach, say, let, let's say that your rhythm is you teach on Sunday mornings, that sometime that afternoon or that night that you go ahead and take a look at what's coming next week, one week down the road. So that what you can do is you can then at least get that verse that you're going to be teaching or verses that you're going to be teaching, kind of get that in your mind a week out and let that be simmering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell, I tell when I get to the privilege of leading preaching seminars, we got to do one last week, participate in one. And when we talk about preparation, I always tell men and women, like, the longer you've been with a verse, a passage that you've just been meditating on, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to, to, to process that verse, that passage in you. And so when you teach it and you preach it, it is seasoned. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's been mm-hmm. through your own sort of life, and you've been processing and thinking, and um, it's just more powerful. So, how do we how do we do that practically? Well, most people don't read the passage enough. It's not enough to read a passage once or even twice. Um, you really need to read that passage through multiple times and read it differently. Um, two things I like to tell people is one: uh, read it really slowly. There's a re, looking for listening for what the spirit is trying to tell you. Um, there's sort of an ancient practice called uh, you know, Lexio Divinia or, or, or Lectio Divina, depending on how you pronounce it. It's just meditative reading, reading a passage of scripture, almost with that meditative sort of slow listening for the spirit to say, these are the things that are jumping out. And then one thing I think that um, people miss that we don't realize is listening to the passage, taking that. Bible app or, um, I mean, gosh, every Bible app now pretty much has a, a listen to the passage option. Um, we process information and knowledge differently when we hear it than when we do when we read it. And you'd be surprised if you, if you, um, 
you know, create this habit, this practice in your preparation, you will process passages differently when you hear them um, read aloud to you. So uh, just making time to, to really hit that passage from multiple different angles. I love that. And Tim, tell me if I'm wrong on this, because of the three of us, you're the only one that actually has volunteers working for you. And I know you probably want them to stick to the lesson for the most part. But if a leader comes in on a Sunday morning and they've let a verse or verses simmer over the week and they end up teaching out of that, I'm guessing you're okay with that, correct? Oh, I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. That is that is the why we're doing it. We're not worried so much about the lesson that we've written. We're worried about the word of God changing hearts. And the word of God is what changes hearts, not the lesson so much, the word of God getting into that student's heart and changing them. I love it's like a, a when a steak a steak is really good just thrown on the grill, but a steak is even better when it's been marinated and let to sit and just soak up everything. So if that leader's soaking that word up, that's going to do it. That's going to be great. It's going to be so, so good for those students that they're teaching. That's good. That's good. How about the next one uh, there? Yeah, I'm going to transition this next. I want to say something real quick about what Tim just said. If somebody yeah, yeah, developed, no, you're good. If somebody's developed curriculum for 20 years, a lesson plan, a leader guide a, 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 that either has been written by someone and handed to you as a volunteer or that's been produced by a publishing company, it is a starting point. It's just a starting point. And I know Tim and Chris would agree with this. Um, the, the work that you do with the passage on your own, it's just going to add to and enrich that leader guide or, or curriculum that's given to you. So uh, so I thought what Tim said there was excellent. Okay. Um, Actually, I know we got to hurry, but I'll just say this too. I, I know <laughs> see, we, we could go forever on this. I know we, we could go forever, but I'm just telling you, I know you guys will agree with this, and teenagers know the difference. I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. They do. Teenagers know when when we've allowed something to really just kind of get yeah. inside of us versus I'm just teaching this lesson because this is what was handed to me. Yeah, and I'll say Ooh, this that's too. a lot of pressure. That's know, a lot of pressure. I know, here. but I hear you. But here's, I'm here's the deal: life happens, yeah. right? Like we've all been there where you're driving to church and you're hoping the train comes so you can get that extra <laughs> two minutes of prep time. Like that happens. But if yes. that happens every single week, if every single week you're walking into a, a lesson unprepared, you need to really reevaluate your, your your practices, your behaviors, and honestly, your commitment. I mean, the Holy Spirit is going to work in spite of me, uh, and that's a beautiful thing. But I, that can't be normal. I, mean, I can't I can't be yes. relying on that Hail Mary, yes. Holy Spirit moment every single yes. week, right? I don't, I don't want the Holy exactly. Spirit to work in spite of me, you know? And exactly. volunteers, that listen, we hope you hear us. We're not judging. We get this. Uh, we, and we've all we've been there. Yep. We've mm-hmm. lived this. And yep. so, but we're just trying to be honest about how to prepare well. Yeah. All right, man. Number two, we got to fly. We got to fly. These next two are really related. So um, as you think about your passage, as you're getting to know your passage really well, uh, I want you to be looking for one key truth. What is Mm -hmm. is the big Mm -hmm. picture theological idea um, that sort of summarized, that is summarized in this passage? Listen, every passage we know has multiple truths or, or most passages. An epistle would be an example of one that might have layers of truth, whereas a narrative, maybe it's a little bit more simple, right? But what, what is that one key truth? Our, our friend Chad Poe calls this the big idea of a passage. Yeah. I would encourage you as you're preparing to really kind of be able almost in your head to say, what is the one key truth, the one big idea of this passage? And the reason why is that will actually help direct your teaching, whether you're using a, a leader's guide or, or curriculum or not. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tim, yes. Again, I'm guessing if your volunteers show up on a Sunday morning, you'd love the idea of them sticking to the curriculum. But 
if there are three points and they really lean on one of them more than anything, I'm guessing you're okay with that. Tell me, am I right? Again, completely. Um, I know even when I'm teaching my students, I use that one big idea because I want them to have that one thing because they're not going to remember maybe eight things if that I see in the passage. If I can get down to that one thing that they can walk away with, I think they've done good. And our volunteers, if they can get to that one thing, I think it would yeah. be great. Be so I'll say this good. real quickly. Um, the younger your students are, seventh grade, eighth grade, sixth grade, you really well, probably only need to teach that one big truth and make it very concrete. The older your students are, you have leeway in that lesson to, to chase those those wonderful theological rabbit trails a little bit more. But those younger students, like keep it simple. It's almost like you're saying as a person who has written these lessons that when you write them, you know that not all of the points are actually going to be even taught. Yeah, that's right. Like you're hoping that they will make it personal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, Great. it's a starting point. Okay. Related yeah. to that, our third kind of foundational truth, these two go together, this third foundational practice and preparation is we're looking for, I would challenge you to look for one um, key takeaway, one main application. Again, a passage is going to lend itself, depending on the passage, it could lend itself to multiple different applications. What's that main takeaway from that passage? And I want to give you a, just a super fast framework for thinking about that. Um, you, you've heard head, head, heart, hands, right? I like to think about the head. What is, what is a, what is an application? Is that passage, um, does it lend itself to an application that changes the way I think? That's the most common uh, application of scripture is that I, I've I've gained knowledge. I've I've been encountered a theological truth that's going to change the way I think about my faith, about the world, about God, etc. The second one is: um, Does this application change my heart? What I value? Um, that's not as common as kind of that understanding uh, application or knowledge based application. But a lot of scripture challenges us to change our values, how I feel about something, how I think about something. The least common application would be the hands, right? How does this in scripture change something I do? But it is there in the Bible. And so I would ask you, as you think about that one key takeaway, just think about it. Is this passage asking me primarily is the one application point that I can teach to students, head, hands, or heart? Love it, man. That's good. That's, That's good. Golden. That's that is good golden. All right, friends listening, our goal is always to try to keep these around 15 minutes. We're going to go a couple of minutes longer than that. Stay with us, though, because we've got two big applica- two big kind of next-level ideas, and then we'll wrap this thing up. So what do you got, Andy? I'm actually going to, if it's okay with you, I'm actually going to just focus on one for the sake of time. Okay. okay? Yeah. Because yeah. I think this is, if we're going to do one additional one, I think this is actually the most important. This is like next level. Let's next go. level. That's right. Um, always know the context of the passage you're teaching and always teach the passage in context. What do I mean by this? Um, Context is everything. Yeah, our students are biblically illiterate based on, not all of your students, but most of them are based on studies. We know they're not encountering the Bible much outside of church. So we could hit pause for a second and let you feel that burden that that for most of our students, the the only time, for most of our students, guys, the the only time they're going to encounter the word of God is with you at church. So let that burden, let all of us feel that burden for a second, right? <laughs> I mean, just, just pause for a moment. True. Suck Very that true. in, right? Um, we know that our students are, are, are biblically literate, so are most of their parents. They, we're in a post-Christian culture, rapidly approaching it. Um, they don't know the stories. They don't know the meta narrative of Scripture. They don't know the big picture story of God's Word. It is vital for us every time we teach to teach in context. And, and I want to give you three super fast ways to do this. One. Always place what you're teaching in the big picture story of scripture. I like to think macro and micro, right? 
macro kids kids don't know when you're talking about a, 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 you're teaching them out of Philippians or Colossians a lot of your students don't know is Paul before Moses is Paul after Moses where's Noah and all this where's Jesus super quickly placing that in a biblical timeline hey guys we're going to be in Ephesians this week um and then this is couples in the second one the um uh, who when why the apostle Paul wrote this as a letter to a church um in in the Greek city of Ephesus right Paul's writing 30 years or so after Jesus' death and, and uh, crucifixion, death and resurrection. And he's writing to the church in Ephesus because um, he's dealing with some issues in the church. That's like you've done most of the contextual work there. You're helping students know we're not we're not talking about David and Noah and the patriarchs and Moses. This is New Testament gospel a few decades after Jesus' um, crucifixion and resurrection, right? And then we need to place that in context of what's happening in the passage. You're teaching Matthew, I don't know, Matthew 5, um, 14 through 17-ish, somewhere in there, like salt and light. Take a quick second and say, hey, uh, we're in Matthew chapter 5. We're in the beginning of what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has just come uh, out of teaching what we call the Beatitudes. It's just like these moral requirements for the kingdom of God, and we're about to drop into this teaching on salt and light or whatever, right? If you do this every week, and by the way, it takes two minutes. If you do this every single week over the yeah, course the of time, go ahead. Yeah. And the practical part of that, though, is that most good curriculums, they have this context. Yeah, they, they, it's there, there for you. That's right. It, yeah. It's, it's called the background, right? That's right. And yeah. Also, and also, we kind of skim past that. And what we're what we're saying in order to prepare well, we do need to pay a little bit of attention to it's, that. That's a, I love that you said that, Chris. At YM360, we provide that in our lessons. I know Lifeway provides that in their lessons because I've seen a lot of their stuff. Um, I'm thinking like some of the other curriculum providers out there. Orange curriculum. Orange is, it's there. Yeah. It's, so take the time to use that. It's a great word. Um, mm-hmm. But if we do this week in and week out, something cool happens. We build biblical literacy almost by default, you know, and, and especially when we're teaching thematic and topical studies. If we don't do this, our students can completely miss the narrative of scripture and they get this idea that scripture is just these like concepts here and there. And we, we do them a disservice when we, when we do that. And like you said, we could spend all day on this. Know, we we're could. Passionate about it, right. We'll have you on again, Andy Blanks. Cause man, I know you love volunteers. Tim, yeah. I know you love volunteers yep. and volunteers. We're not just saying that uh, we really do value. I've said often uh, youth pastors, the person that made a difference in my life as far as inviting me the first time, but it was the volunteers day in, day out after that moment that helped shape who I am today. So thank you for doing what you do. Uh, and my encouragement would be go to whoever's leading your youth ministry. Reach out to one of us. Uh, you can find us at, uh, you can find Tim and I at gabaptist.org slash next gen. And I'm going to put links to Andy Blanks as well uh, in our show notes so that you can find Andy. And I know Andy well enough to know that if anybody was to reach out to him, he'd be happy to have a conversation yeah, with you. Yeah, man. And uh, so we'll be linking to Andy's info as well. And Andy, I think I know you've written a couple articles as well to help with Bible study. Uh, so if it's all right, I'm going to go. Ahead, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I'm going to get a couple of those links from you yeah. also and link to those in the show notes. Absolutely, man. Love to. That'd be great. Thanks for hanging with us today, Andy. Appreciate you. And Tim, thanks for hanging out. Take care of Waycross. I'm coming down again at some point to get some of that uh, Mexican restaurant in that trailer. It was awesome. Sounds That's good. What yeah, man. Hey, uh, y'all be sure to join us in our next episode, number eight, as we talk about setting the example for teenagers through participation. Mm. Okay, a go. good one. Hey, special thanks to the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. 
for allowing us to provide this as a free resource. We're especially thankful for churches who continue to give to the cooperative program. Hey, if you need anything, like I said earlier, you can find us at gabaptist.org slash nextgen. Hey, I'm Chris Trent, and we'll see you next time on the Youth Ministry Podcast for Volunteers.